Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to r slash entitled parents, where this crazy Karen at an airport attempts to get on and fly someone else's private jets. Just a heads up, guys. This is the third and final part of my Fiverr series. If you haven't seen the other two episodes, please go ahead and check them out right here before you watch this one. But little spoiler before we get into them. These two stories are by far the most realistic ones I got. This first one cost me 40 pounds. So, um, you know, it's going to be good. I'm a gate agent for Delta and work at the salt lake airport i've been there almost a year i just want to start off by saying that i absolutely love my job i love watching the planes come in helping people and most of all goofing off with my co-workers don't worry we're all professionals and we take our jobs very seriously you got to make time for fun or the stress can get you though but thankfully for me i work with a great crew and it comes naturally there's always issues that we run into every day but this one will always stay with me I started in September 2020 and was hired on to fill a spot for the new wing that had been completed that month The first part in a large construction project to revitalize the airport So I came in when things were slowly picking up after the height of the pandemic Things have become busier since then, of course, which means there is more staff and help But also more passengers and more multitasking and long hours It was a cold february morning when I arrived at work Most of my co-workers would bring either coffee or hot chocolate with them But not me because i'm kind of a miser So I pushed through the cold like a beast It was the first flight of the day and the start of my shift I just finished running through the outbound flight on the computer Checking the boarding totals and making sure everything was set up for a smooth flight and making adjustments as necessary after that i went to my gates and did the pre-inspection of the jet bridge and plane everything was in order and i went back behind my desk i made my introductory greeting over the intercom and watched people start to trickle in some asked for help which always happened one kid couldn't find an electrical outlet to power his gaming laptop while another woman asked if the flight was headed for boston no mom this flight is for denver and I pointed at the large digital font above my head that read the flight number and Denver in obvious lettering. Her face contorted into a deep frown and I asked to see her tickets before pointing her back the way she had come. I eventually saw a family come in. They were large and fussy. The mum reminded me of Roseanne from, well, Roseanne. The way she carried herself was loud from her bright orange Bronco jacket to the way she disciplined her kids. At this point, I had her all figured out in my mind. And then it began. After they finally managed to settle into a comfortable spot together, which was difficult given the full waiting area, the mum stood up, we'll call her Roseanne from now on, and started walking towards the counter. I braced myself. So it looks like me and my husband are separated. I don't know why it's so hard to organize it in a way so that families can stay together as families, but I need you to make that happen for me. This is the way it's supposed to be. Mom, I'm sorry this happened to you. The system will put you in a random seat if you do not select your seat beforehand. I'd certainly be happy to help you. She raises an eyebrow. Are you calling me stupid? 
I tense up. Uh, of course not, mom. I'm simply letting you know there's that option when you go online to delta.com or any third-party site. So in the future, you can control where you're placed. If you give me your tickets, I can see where I might rearrange you guys so you're all together. She gives me a scowl and walks brusquely back to her family. She seems aggressive towards them, but I can't make out what they're saying. It looks like she's ripped their tickets from them. She storms back to me with a wad of tickets and throws them down on the counter. Here. I look them over and see that two are together, must be the children, in the very last row, and the other two are separated on either side of the plane. But it's in the middle of the plane and one is further up than the other. I also see that the row above the kids only has one seat taken. So I tell Roseanne that there may be a way to get her and her husband to sit in front of her kids, but I need to organize seating with another passenger first. She throws up her arms and says, whatever you need to do. She turns away from me and leans her back against the counter. I wanted her so badly to just go and sit back down, but I knew if I said anything, that would have made things worse. I make the call for the passenger. We'll call her Sam to approach the desk. I see a woman's head pop up and turn around, startled. She slowly gets up and walks towards the counter. She's an older woman, maybe 45 to 50. Her garments are stained. She looks hesitantly at the Roseanne who's still there. I inform Sam of Roseanne's wish and ask politely if she would be willing to move to another seat. Sam politely asks where she'd be moved to. I inform her of the open spot further up the plane near the middle or even further up from that where the husband's seat is. She frowns and tells me she can't. She needs to be by the bathroom because of her medical condition. Roseanne quickly turns towards Sam and slams her open palm on the counter. Oh, give me a break. You think you're gonna pee your pants? I couldn't believe she said that. She goes on. What's a few more steps gonna cost you? Sam backs away instinctually. Roseanne scoffs at her. Oh, don't give me that sheepish BS. You're trying to play a victim so you can get what you want. I know your type, but guess what? I'm not falling for it. You would prevent me from sitting with my family just because you won't take not even five more steps to go to the bathroom? She looks at me, wide-eyed with fury, wanting me to take her side. Mom, you need to calm down. She has every right to maintain her seat. Now please leave the desk or I will call security. F you. She points at me, her saliva flinging from her mouth and hitting my face. She backs away with her arms in the air, shaking her head. Sam looks at me, her eyes wide, not believing either what had just transpired. It seems that she has a medical condition as well, said Sam. The perfect comment. I laughed hard at this. Sam went back to her seat and I was surprised to see Roseanne leaving with her family. Probably going to find a manager, I thought, laughing to myself. Time went by with no more sign or word from Roseanne and her family. It was time to board and I called for the first group to come to the desk. They were processed smoothly and then I called for the second group. By the third group, I was baffled the orange jacket hadn't reappeared. She's gonna miss her flight, I thought, but I was kind of glad to be perfectly honest. I processed Sam and apologized for what she had to go through earlier. And then I told her it looked like she wouldn't have to deal with that woman after all. She seemed relieved. I made the final call, calling Roseanne, can't disclose her real name of course, and her family, who were the only ones missing. They never showed though, so I sealed shut the door to the plane. As I turned to head back through the jetway, I heard a familiar voice shouting outside. I quickly looked through one of the small windows in the jetway and saw a bright orange jacket running across the apron, the tarmac, 
from airport personnel I watched as she disappeared behind another plane come to find out later She found her way to the eastern side of the airport and tried to force her way onto one of the private jets stored there Demanding they take her waving her ticket like a lunatic Thankfully security was able to stop her before her and her family got hurt But what was she thinking? So there we go. That was order one and I have to say for a story that was made up completely didn't happen That was very realistic. If I saw that on reddit, I would definitely have bought that guys comment down below your thoughts on this story Was it believable and was it worth the 40 pounds? I pay for it. Let me know I'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. All right, then now moving on to my final order of this entire series. This one cost me 30 pounds, so a little bit cheaper than the first. But to be honest, I don't want to spoil it, but it probably is my favorite of all the stories I got back. My entitled mum locked me in my bedroom for the weekend. All right, so this story is going to be relatively straightforward. Not exactly a lot of context to give outside of the story, but I'll at least paint you a picture as to what I'm dealing with. First things first, I'm from a trashy little small town in Italy. I'm not sure if it's like this everywhere in the country, but at least where I'm from, you can get into a lot of trouble if the cops find you with weed. You can get a prison sentence for up to six years, and that's only if you're caught smoking it. I know other places have it worse, but it still sucks. Most folks are just convinced that nothing good can come out of cannabis, saying that it's easily addictive, corrupts your brains, and basically any other stereotype you can think of. Needless to say, my mum, who is 58, is one of those people. And she's definitely the kind of person to call the police on some kids in the park she saw, who were smoking what, from a distance, looked like blunts. She never really instilled that same fear and aversion to drugs in me It never really came up honestly unless there was something in the news about it The laws are always changing it seems anyways So basically last year me i'm 17 and my friends who are 19 were hanging out over the summer And one of my friends mentioned how he managed to find a supplier It's not like it was his first time buying or trying weed But it was the first time I remembered him talking about it with us He showed us the new vape he got and the thc cartridges that came with it and honestly i wasn't overly interested but he offered to let me and our other friend try it out if we wanted and let us take it home and he said that we could pay him back for the cartridges later i don't think i really need to explain why we were hesitant of smoking anything out in public basically i was the one to take the cartridge home first and frankly i was actually terrified I felt like I was going to get stopped by someone or get caught with a random search or something. Even when I got home, I completely ignored my mum, who was watching TV at the time, and went straight upstairs to my room. I was paranoid that she would somehow know and couldn't stand to take my hands out of my pockets for more than a moment. So frankly, in retrospect, it's not exactly a surprise that she knew that something was up. I don't even know how long I'd been in my room before I heard my mum knocking on the door. 
Now, we don't have locks on the doors in my house, aside from the bathrooms, so of course, she just let herself in. Frankly, I'm even lucky that she gave me any warning to begin with, but it still didn't give me time to hide anything. And of course, being the dumb idiot that I was, I didn't realize just how prominent and obvious the scent of marijuana is. I swear to God, you could literally see my mother's face going red as soon as the door opened. And I just completely froze. I don't even really remember what exactly she said, word for word, but I was just sort of stuck there, listening to her over and over again, telling me how it's her house and how she was ashamed of me. If I was just trying to throw my education and everything away and asking what I was even thinking, bringing such a thing into her house. I was absolutely terrified and was convinced she was going to kick me out that night. I even started trying to crunch the numbers in my head if I could afford to stay in a hotel. However, eventually she says, you know what? I can't deal with you right now. I just can't and left and closed the door behind her. Honestly, I didn't even know what to do or even think at that point. I was absolutely petrified of what had happened and that I'd gotten caught. But on the other hand, I was just relieved nothing else had happened and that she'd left me alone. Frankly, I wasn't looking to leave my room and face my mum anytime soon, so I just stayed there, though I couldn't really stomach smoking anything else that night, and it ended up only getting a light buzz. I think it was around two in the morning when I decided to finally get up. I heard my mum's bedroom door close a while ago, and I figured that she was asleep, and that it would be safe to go downstairs and grab a snack. But when I tried to push open my door, it just felt stuck. Again, we don't really have locks on our doors, but it wasn't exactly new for my door to get stuck on the doorframe. Usually it just takes some wiggling or even a rough shove to get it open, but nothing seemed to happen. Granted, I wasn't about to ram my door and risk waking my mum, but even then, I'm not sure it would make much of a difference. The door didn't really seem to be caught on the doorframe, as I could still open it a few inches, but then it wouldn't open the rest of the way. I figured nothing of it at first, and I was too tired anyway, so I just decided to go to bed, figuring I could ask my mum to try opening it from her end, or if worse comes to worse, just call her a pair guy to take the door off its hinges. However, when the next day came, I think I woke up around noon, I tried the door, and again, I could only open it by maybe an inch or more, not even enough to get my hand through. I called for my mum, but I didn't get an answer. I'm pretty sure I could hear the TV on downstairs, but I'm honestly not too sure. And sometimes we did just leave it on. I tried banging on the wall, connecting our rooms in case she was asleep, as I was getting really fed up at this point. Again though, no answer. So I resorted to trying to ram the door with my shoulder, but really all I got out of it were a few bruises and maybe another half inch between the door. By now, I was beginning to think that something was up since this hadn't happened before and it didn't seem like the door was stuck on itself. Luckily, I did have a few spare empty bottles in my room that I could use when I had to go to the washroom, but it really didn't seem like I was getting out anytime soon, especially since I didn't have a cell phone at the time to call my friends and my laptop battery had been completely drained the night before. And me and my mum usually just share the same computer charger downstairs. Eventually, I heard the front door open and close, and I assumed that she'd come back from work or shopping or something and tried calling out to her again, but to no avail. At this point, I was starting to get really worried, and I began wondering if my mum had done something, but I wasn't exactly sure until Monday morning rolled around. By this point, I haven't had really any access to food 
or water except for any snacks I kept in my room. And it wasn't like I had an ensuite bathroom or something to use. So, needless to say, when I found the door open, I barely spared a moment to wake up properly before sprinting out of there. I was able to squeeze through the opening and found that one of our dining room chairs had been placed in front of my door, stuck against the railing on the opposite side of my room and prevented my door from opening any further. I was just so confused and shocked to say the least. I felt kind of disoriented really, but I somehow managed to get downstairs and find my mum watching TV with a cigarette in her hands. I didn't even have to say anything before she said, I hope you learned your lesson without removing her eyes from the TV, which basically cemented the fact that she had blocked my door on purpose. Like, what? I mean, I know grounding kids in their rooms isn't exactly a new concept, but that felt very excessive. And look, I feel like I could be overreacting, but I'm honestly not too sure. At least it was just a weekend, but again, I didn't have access to anything and I honestly haven't really told anyone about it because I'm still worried it will just sound like I'm just whining. Either way, it still seems like an entitled parent story. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of this one. Guys, comment down below. Out of all six posts, all six Fiverr orders that I've shown you, which one do you think was the best? Which was the most realistic, the most believable? I really want to know, actually, because, you know, I've really enjoyed this process. It's actually been quite eye-opening because, honestly, I was under the impression that a lot of stories on Reddit were probably, if not exaggerated, just plain fake. But in reality, I've realized that even the very best creative writers that, to be fair, costs quite a lot of money to order from, struggle to make fake stories sound real, right? Yes, the two in today's video were certainly better than the previous four, but still, there were elements to both that didn't seem completely legit, I'm not sure. That being said, the second story I did really like. I mean, I could definitely see that happening. And it's the sort of thing that I've seen on r slash entitled parents many times before. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this video. Really hope you have enjoyed this and the series in general. If you haven't yet checked out part one, it's up here. And then part two is there. You kind of have to watch them in order for this all to make sense, especially episode one. Um, Yeah, guys, do comment down below. What did you think of this series in general? And did you like it? I wanted to change it up a little bit, try something new. And yeah, I enjoyed it. So at least that's a good thing. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>